What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here with Locked On Bucks. Milwaukee lose again. Four straight at home. That is rare. That is not something we're used to being seeing since Fiserv Forum opened its doors. They lose to the Knicks 113 to 98 in a game that they had a huge lead to start. There is plenty to break down from this one. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can hear me and see me daily on this show uh, and also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Uh, I'm loving it, but I am not loving the way that this Bucks game panned out. As I mentioned, the Bucks. Fall to the Knicks, 113 to 98. Uh, before we get into it, of course, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of each and every day. A little weekend podcast here. I was hoping it was going to be a bit more of a jovial atmosphere as we get rolling here. But before we get into the game, some cool news, some fun news for Locked On Bucks. I know we've had a lot of people asking, uh, we need to change the theme music. Uh, for those that are listening in podcast format, you hear that theme music every day. Uh, on YouTube, we're working on it. There's some copyright stuff there that we have to work through. But uh, our friend, Danny Schmitz, at Danny underscore Shred on Twitter, has come through with the goods. I have the new intro in my hands. Uh, it's cool. It's very cool. It's very fun. A nice reminder every day for you guys listening to the pod that the Bucks are the NBA champions, even if they're not playing Exactly like that right now. So the new intro music, hopefully sometime next week, we're just going to work through some stuff uh, to make sure we're good to go and bring that into the show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 113 to 98 was the final here, as I pointed to. Milwaukee leading 38 to 19 after the first quarter. Uh, A couple of tweets to get us rolling here. This first one. From ESPN Stats and Info, the Knicks are the first team in the shot clock era to trail by 19-plus points at the end of the first quarter and win by 15-plus. That is not a number that you would be happy with if you're a Bucs fan. Uh, through one quarter, the Bucs' offensive rating was 146.2. Uh, by the end of the night, that offensive rating was down to 99, which gives you a fair idea of how this game played out. They only managed 60 points through the final three quarters of this game. And in the second half in particular, it was really, really ugly. They were they were under 40 points for the second half. So things got rough. The three-point shot completely dropped away. And I think that this is always something that you have to keep in mind. And as I was watching this game play out, it was certainly something that I was thinking about. There was one stage in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, the Bucs were winning this game by around 10 points. And the graphic came up on the screen that I think that the Knicks were four for 16 from three at that point. Uh, Milwaukee were well over 50%, and the deficit was still only 10 points. And that's always a little bit of a warning sign. I think we saw as this game 
continued to wear on that the Knicks were able to work their way into it. They started getting some dribble penetration. Obviously, that started with Derrick Rose. I don't know where you guys have Derrick Rose in terms of your all-time buck killers, but he's been a guy that has torched the Bucks for years. Going back to the days when he was in Chicago, I know he had a couple of big moments when he was with the with the Bulls coming into the Bradley Center. The first game that I ever saw live was during the 2015 playoffs. The first Milwaukee game I saw live was during the 2015 playoffs, and Derrick Rose was um, obviously diminished a little bit at that point, but still was able to have a big impact in these games against the Bucs. And Derrick Rose finished this one with 23 points off the bench, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. He was 10 for 18 from the field, and he was two for six from three. But he actually missed his first couple of three-point attempts. And as I was watching this game in the first quarter, when Derrick Rose was shooting those threes, I was thinking, oh, man, this is great. This is going to be a great day if you're a Bucks fan. Derrick Rose, you just keep jacking up those contested threes. Nobody cares about this. I don't know what his percentage is for the season, but let's just say I wasn't surprised that the turn, uh, the tide started to turn a little bit and he knocked him down because it became a second half that that, that kind of typified the way the Knicks were going. Their three-point shot was really able to roll. I mentioned the fact that they were four for 16 at one point. Uh, they still only ended up 10 for 40 on the night, 25%, but a lot of their damage was done within the arc and specifically when it came to the glass. Um Look, we've spent a lot of time here over the last week or so discussing the fact that the Bucs are desperately missing Brook Lopez, desperately missing Brook Lopez, but the numbers don't lie tonight. The Bucs could only manage a 56.1% defensive rebound percentage here. So the Knicks overall, 41 for 96, so they missed 56 shots on the night and they picked up 20 offensive rebounds. So they picked up the offensive rebound on 20 of their 56 missed shots. If my math is correct here, off the top of my head, as I'm looking at the box score, that is that is an incredible number. And, and obviously, it comes down to personnel that Brook Lopez isn't out there. I think it also comes down to unfamiliarity with these guys that are on the floor together. And, I, and also, it comes down to effort a little bit. You know, I mean, there was multiple times there where the Knicks were just outworking the Bucs. And once the game started to get away from Milwaukee, they were getting some stops. It's not like the Knicks were shooting the lights out, but Milwaukee just couldn't secure the rebound. I've seen Mike Budenholzer pretty pissed off after games before. I think tonight might have been the most angry that I've seen him. Certainly a very, very short Zoom call or for people that were in person, press conference, post game, only lasted about three minutes. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of the times we look at this this Bucks team, particularly with the guys that have out. Drew Holiday comes back tonight, but they still had obviously Brook Lopez, Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, all out of the lineup. So three of the guys who you you think are going to start. So it's you, you can lose, like you can lose games, and we spoke about this. Like if you're a Bucks fan, you have to be prepared. For the fact that this this is going to get worse, the Bucks have got a difficult road stretch coming up here now. They're probably going to lose some games, but when you do have a night that overall you shoot the three pretty well. I mean, sixteen for 37 percent. Grayson Allen was one of those guys, six for nine. You, you want to get those games, and you don't want to lose those games and look back and say, "Well, it's because we let them into the game because of a lack of effort on the glass." And that seemed to be what Bud was pointing to. Of course, personnel is going to be a part of it. But I want to talk about that a little bit more after 
I remind you about our friends over at McDonald's that have been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Mm, delicious. It's, it's a very hot day out here. McFlurry sounds pretty damn good. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place where you always look forward to stopping at a long road trip and uh, you can rest your legs and refuel there. So head to your local McDonald's and refuel and connect. Did somebody say Lockdown Bucks watch party? I'm not sure how many people would be in the mood for a Lockdown Bucks watch party right now as I'm recording this. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's, I'm loving it. Like I said, not loving the Bucks tonight. Still loving McDonald's, though. But I tell you what might come in handy for Bucks fans, and that would be the Calm app. Now, do you want to know what makes LeBron James, that's right, King James, sleep? Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game, and that's just as important, mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like LeBron. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get a 40% off Calm premium subscription. Uh, that's right. You can join LeBron in using Calm, 40% discount, Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. So as we keep it rolling here, uh, again, thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Even here on the weekend, you guys will join in. You'll listen to the post-game show. Maybe maybe, maybe this, this, this will help you. You know, we were just talking about calm before the ad, but we talk about this. Sometimes it's a bit of a therapy session when the Bucks lose a game. Tonight, probably... One of the more frustrating losses, I think we can we can all accept that. You'd like to be able to take advantage of those games at home when you lead by a lot. But just to continue with the thought process around the rebounding, whether it comes down to effort, whether it comes down to personnel, again, I think it's a little bit of both. Drew Holiday, we just got off the Zoom call, and he mentioned the fact that, or he pointed out one specific example where him and Grayson Allen were kind of caught looking at each other and and sort of... Nobody went for the rebound, and then the Knicks were able to, to scoop up an offensive rebound. That happened multiple times today. And it's unfamiliarity with playing with each other. But again, it's guys also playing out of position, perhaps in unfamiliar, being in unfamiliar spots on the floor with unfamiliar responsibilities. That plays a big part because Brooke Lopez has been the guy that has done so much of it. Eric Name tweeted the number today. I think... I think it was like 219 out of 227 regular season games or something like that that Brook Lopez has played. 219 out of 227, that might have been before this season. Whatever the exact number is, it's a lot. We've watched this. We've always made the joke in previous years. Even when there was a game where all the Bucks players were out of the lineup, Brook was like the random guy that had to play. It was like Brook and Pat Connaughton. So there is legitimate... I guess, chemistry issues here with these guys trying to figure out who's supposed to be where. And again, of course, people will come out and say, well, you just need another big man. Yeah, 
I agree. Again, you're not going to get a big man that's that's close to Brook Lopez in terms of what he can provide, uh, how he fits with this team. So, yeah, I think another big body would help. I've, I've said that the whole time. I'm not sure that that's exactly the answer that's going to cure all the problems. I think these these guys need to get used to playing to each other, playing with each other, I should say. And on nights like today, maybe put in a little bit more effort. Our friend Seth Partnow, who was on the show uh, just a couple of days ago, if you missed that, a really fascinating chat. He tweeted, last year the Bucks had at least three of Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, and Lopez on the floor for about 57% of non-garbage time possessions. So far this year, it's under 8%. Now, you know, I mean, when Brook Lopez has only played like one game, I think he's played one game, then yeah, I mean, obviously that number's going to be down. But it does, it does bring up a pretty interesting point. Seth tweeted earlier in the game that I think that the Bucks had, I think it was in 21, uh, in 21 of the second half minutes tonight that classified as non-garbage time. They only scored 27 points. So tonight was offensive problems. Tonight was defensive problems. And tonight was pretty disastrous all around for the Bucks. There's no doubt about that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand the frustration from the fans. They want to know what's going on with Brooke. I don't know what information would come out that you'd be satisfied with. I mean, at this point, we just know it's going to be a while. He's not back to basketball activity. We did see Drew Holiday come back tonight, though, which was nice. He came off the bench. Um, you know, interesting after the game, he was asked by Zora Stevenson, great to have Zora back tonight as well, but he was asked, you know, how does your role change when you come off the bench? And his answer was interesting. He said, well, actually, it means I can be a bit more aggressive because I'm always going to have the ball in my hands. Wasn't his best night, first game back. No one's really concerned about this. He played 20 minutes, which is probably where they wanted to keep him around. Uh, that sort of 20 to 25-minute mark. He finished with 10 points, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, he did have five turnovers, though, and, and you know, some of them were pretty bad. He pointed to it after the game. He looked rusty. He looked scratchy. Uh, so you expect that he's going to come back and he's going to be better. It was just good to have Drew Holiday back out on the floor. Uh, the Bucks have got a couple of days now. Uh, before they play again. But as we pointed to, they're out on the road. So they've got Washington on Sunday, on Monday, I believe. It's been officially announced, even though we knew this was going to be the case. But uh, Monday afternoon at local time, they'll have their trip to the White House uh, there as well. As I look at my uh, look at my league pass app here, I think it's supposed to be around 2 p.m. Eastern time. or I, th- I think that's about, about right there. 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then they're in Philadelphia, the rivals who, hey, give the Sixers credit. They're playing really well. And then they're back at New York the next day. And then the road trip continues. They've got a game against Boston. So, you know, as I pointed to, one game under 500 now, four and and five on the season. So I spoke about this with Justin going back last week. I mean, these are the games that you you just can't afford to lose. You really have to be able to, to get on top of these games and, and pick up these wins and cash in on these wins. So this is going to be one that's going to sting the Bucks for a little while here. There were a couple of positives, though. I do want to talk about Jordan War and also Grayson Allen because I love their play tonight. I love their play almost like I love Thanksgiving. All of the good food and treats and plenty of them. There were plenty of treats tonight from Grayson Allen and Jordan War, but maybe you want a yummy dessert. We didn't quite get the dessert tonight because the Bucks couldn't get the win. But it is the perfect time of year for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is a new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. 
One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go to a raspberry or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie there. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Stock up, get that mix box, get them in your cupboard, and uh, and they'll at least get you through to Thanksgiving. There's nothing like a built bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So I mentioned a couple of players that stood out to me tonight. Grayson Allen, certainly one of those. Jordan Wara as well. Uh, pretty impressive. We'll start with Grayson Allen. Season high for him on the night. It's the first time first time this season he has cracked 20 points. He was really filling it up early. I mean, when the Bucks were flying in this game, it was all Grayson Allen. He finished with 22 points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal. He had a block as well. He was six for nine from three. And again, if you're just looking for positives from this game, by the way, I did look it up. You know, Grayson Allen's NBA career high is 40 points. This man scored 40 points in a game. And the interesting thing about this is I pulled the box score up during this game to check it out. The interesting thing about the 40 points is that he actually didn't shoot well from the field that night. This was when he was playing for Utah. Didn't shoot well from the field, but he got to the free throw line for 13 to knock down 13 of 14 attempts, 14 free throw attempts. And I think that that's typical of what we're seeing from Grayson Allen that seems to just have a little bit more in the toolkit that perhaps we weren't aware. And this first quarter was interesting. I mean, he was creating plays in the defensive end. He had a nice block. He had a nice strip that uh, led to a transition dunk for him. But all the other threes are born out of really his chemistry that's starting to build with Giannis. I mean, Giannis draws all that attention. Grayson Allen is learning where Giannis will find him, getting open uh, spots on the wing. He picked up a couple of three-point attempts from guys cutting to the basket, which was drawing attention, leaving him open on the wing. So I think that Grayson Allen is really trying, uh, starting to figure out where he can fit in this offense to generate those open looks. He's not always going to go six for nine from three. He's going to have nights where he's not shooting the ball well. And tonight, again, you know, it was one of those nights where he was. Unfortunately, of course, they weren't able to cash in. But a, a big night for Grayson Allen. And I think more than anything, the thing that's really impressive to me, and we've noted it a few times on this show so far, is his ability to put the ball on the floor. I think we've seen it, obviously, with Dante DiVincenzo in years gone by. We've discussed maybe Grayson Allen is a little, maybe that handle is a little tighter. Maybe he's a better finisher around the rim. You know, I, I think that that would be fair. But we saw a couple of times tonight where Giannis would give Allen that handoff and he could pull up, he could shoot that three. But now the defenders are respecting him. They're getting him, getting to him on the perimeter. So he's saying, okay, I'm going to put the ball on the floor. I'm going to dribble to the middle. Who have I got? Pack on it in the corner. I'm going to zip the ball out to him and he's going to get an open look. So he's he's sort of that secondary or tertiary, tertiary uh, facilitator ball handler, which is kind of nice. It's kind of a nice option to throw in this lineup. Doris Burke, um, for sure, was very complimentary of Grayson Allen and what he can bring to this team. So all around, a pretty nice night for Grayson Allen. He had one of the plays of the night, by the way, in the first quarter where 
Pat Connaughton missed a corner three right in front of the Bucks bench. Grayson Allen flew in for the offensive rebound, but he was flying out of bounds. So in midair, he he whipped the ball back to Pat Connaughton in the corner for an open three, and Pat just couldn't pay it off. The ball was sort of halfway down. It rimmed out. Ah, got to knock that down, Pat. Come on. You got to pay off those sweet passes. That might have been top 10 material around the league tonight. That was sweet from Grayson Allen. The other guy that I think is worth noting tonight, Jordan Wara. We spoke about him, obviously, a lot so far this season. He finished with 13 points on 13 shots. So um, not not an efficient night by any stretch. But it was curious to see him, particularly in the second quarter. I think he had nine shots at the half in 11 minutes. So, I mean, he was really letting it fly. And he went through a stretch in the second quarter there where it was like, all right, yeah, Giannis is on the floor. You know, Drew's on the floor. But... Uh, it's Jordan Moore time. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the step back here. I'm gonna get to my look, and he knocked a couple of them down, and he looked really good. And I was trying to see the reaction of, you know, Bud on the sidelines whether he'd like that shot. We've spent so much time talking about Jordan Moore and what else he needs to do. That you know, sometimes he has to be the scorer. Sometimes he has to say, okay, I'm I'm gonna take these shots. So I wonder how they coach that up. You know, I'm not I'm not 100 sure how they would approach that. There was one of those long twos in particular that he shot that Bobby Portis was probably the right option to pass to Bobby to shoot the three rather than shoot the step back long two. Jordan Warren knocked it down. I don't think Bobby looked all that impressed about it. I don't know. It's it's hard to say how they would coach that because Jordan Warren is such a, a natural scorer that I've been a big fan of the way they're coaching him up, being hard on him saying, look, we want you to do these other things because you can't just be the pure scorer playing in this lineup. But you don't want him to like, lose those tendencies. You don't want him to be hesitant to shoot. And there's going to be nights where he's going to catch absolute fire and he's going to get you 20 points in you know 15 minutes, whatever it may be off the bench. So I think it's important that he keeps that scoring mentality. I thought you know tonight, obviously, the shots didn't go, particularly in the second half, but it's I, it's fun. Uh, you know, if I... <laughs> If I stop trying to think about what the Bucks coaching staff might think about it, and I just think about myself when I'm watching Jordan Wara play basketball and and what I, I find really enjoyable and really fun, then, yeah, I mean, I, I like seeing it. I like seeing it from Jordan Wara. I like seeing him be aggressive. I like him looking for his own shot as he was today. So uh, it was it was good to see. It was fun to see. Um, didn't, didn't exactly always pay off, but I, I think there is a balance there between Jordan Wara being super aggressive and... And also then doing the team things and, you know, the rebounding obviously tonight would have loved loved him to be crashing the glass there as well because the Bucks certainly needed it. So I've gone through some of the numbers tonight. This was obviously a pretty ugly loss for Milwaukee. They're four and five on the season. Twitter's been a mix of, I think, fans where the frustration is starting to build a little bit and, and then other fans that are just like, okay, well, I'm not going to take much away from this loss. I'm definitely in the camp that, there's no point taking a lot away from this loss. You've got Drew Holiday coming in on limited minutes, clearly rusty. You don't have three other starters in the lineup. The Knicks are generally a, a pretty solid team at the moment, so it's it's not like you just got beat by a by an awful team. It just feels like a wasted opportunity when you're trying to trying trying to again. I keep saying it over and over. You're going to get sick of hearing me saying it, but when you're trying to bank these wins, but it is unfamiliar for the Bucks. Like it, it's it's it really is an unfamiliar situation. And I tweeted this out. I just brought it up on the screen here. I said, just said the home fans are a little bit stunned and they sounded stunned. They were dead quiet. Milwaukee just hasn't lost a five, five, seven, four and too often since the doors opened. So the first year of the buddy era, 
33 and 8 at home. Uh, 2020, 30 and 5 at home. That was obviously the shortened season there. And then uh, 2020, 2021, 26 and 10 at home. So they lost a few more games last year. But even to get to that 26 and 10, I mean, they'll, you know, obviously have a few extra games this year. But to get to that 30 win mark, for instance, where you'd have to be 30 and 11 at home, they would have to go 29 and 7 the rest of the way. I mean, it's just strange. I mean, this Bucks team has been such a juggernaut at home. Obviously, they were a juggernaut at home during the postseason as well. We saw that uh, with that they they rarely lost at home, and it almost suited them that they had the uh, that they gave up home court advantage. They're a terrible game one team, then they bounced back and played really well. But uh, some work to do for the Bucks, as I said. They've got the Wizards in a couple of days here again. This is a Wizards team that's been playing seriously good basketball. So the challenge is right there for the Bucks. Before I sign off today, remind you about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd. Make sure you check that out. Uh, he's doing great stuff. Again, if you're a Bucks fan and you're playing fantasy and you've got Bucks players in your team, tough times, tough times here. As it is for the Bucks, they're four and five on the season. As I mentioned, they go down to the Knicks, one thirteen ninety eight. Huge turnaround in this game. Disappointing one for the Bucs, no doubt about that. We will be back for a post-game pod after the game in Washington. And then obviously on Monday, uh, there'll be probably something to talk about from the from the White House. Uh, I, I don't know what Giannis is going to say or do, but I'm sure it will be very entertaining. So we'll have all that coverage. Uh, thank you again for uh, subscribing, following along with Locked on Bucks. And of course... Uh, giving your contributions to the show in the comment section, either on YouTube or on Twitter. As you can see, my handle there, at Kane Pittman, continue to do so because, uh, like I always say, you don't have to agree with me. If you don't agree with me, tell me I'm wrong. We can have a debate about it. We'll talk about it on the show as well. That's part of the fun. So for now, we'll leave it there. We'll be back after the Wizards game. Hopefully, the Bucks can get back to 500. We'll see how it goes. I'll catch you guys there.